Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 451, September 3rd, 2020. It was 97 degrees on this day in 1925, and 32 degrees was the low in 1974. The first four days in September in 1974 established the cold records. For example, tomorrow, again, it's 1925 for the hottest day, September 4, 98 degrees, and in 1974, it was 39 degrees. Push back 2020. The GL yard signs are now available at dkmags.com at 443 Old Highway 8 in New Brighton and Monticello Pond and Gun, 1219 Highway 12, uh, 25 up in Monticello. That's just south of 94. Stop in, pick up some ammo, a holster, a tack light, and a Garage Logic Pushback 2020. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, I mean to tell you this, GLers, every day, and I forget when you're in DK Mags and Monticello Pond and Gun, be sure to tell them you're a GLer. That little nod to GL allows this wonderful relationship to continue. And you know what? Do it. Even if you stop in twice a week to pick up more 223 cartridges, the counter guys, they probably know you by smell. Always big up GL in Gumption <laughs> County. And this is the perfect opportunity. Lay down a 20, grab a sign, a wink, and a nod from the counter guys. DK Mags, 443 Old Highway 8 in New Brighton and Monticello Pond and Gun. 1219 Highway 25 in Monticello. A couple of wonderful shops for GLers run by GLers. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I know it's Positive Thursday, and possibly positivity will be discoverable at some point today, but not at the outset. Are you aware of the death of a black man under police control in Rochester, New York? Yep. Yes. A black man who had run naked through the streets of Buffalo died of asphyxiation after a group of police officers put a hood over his head, then pressed his face into the pavement for two minutes, according to video and records released Wednesday by the man's family. His name is Daniel Prude. He died March 30 after he was taken off life support seven days after the encounter with police in Rochester. His death received no public attention until Wednesday when his family held a news conference and released police body camera video and written reports they obtained through a public records request. I placed a phone call for my brother to get help, not for my brother to get lynched. Prude's brother, Joe Prude, said at a news conference. How did you see him and not directly say, that man is defenseless, buck naked on the ground, he's cuffed up already. Come on, how many more brothers got to die for society to understand that this needs to stop? Everything his brother said is absolutely true. And I just don't know how this nation can heal. Uh, as, As infrequent as these episodes might be statistically, they are nevertheless an outrage to the human spirit. We're going to play you the audio in a minute, and it's tough. So if you've got kids around, don't expose them to it. But we're playing it as we heard it. They get a call. I'll tell you how they got the call. 
The video shows Prude, who had taken off his clothes, complying when police ask him to get on the ground and put his hands behind his back. Prude is agitated and shouting as he sits on the pavement in handcuffs for a few moments as light snow falls. Give me your gun. I need it, he shouts. Uh, I guess we can all make our own conclusions about that, but nevertheless, he was cuffed and defenseless. Then they put a spit hood over his head. Uh, That's a device intended to protect officers from a detainee's saliva Uh, because at that time, New York was in the early stages of the coronavirus. Prude demands they take it off. Then the officer slammed Prude's head into the street. One officer who is white holds his head down against the pavement with both hands, saying, calm down and stop spitting. Uh, And that gets to the point where he's uh, clearly going to die, if not dead. This is not remotely analogous to what good officers go through. This is not remotely analogous to the officer in Duluth who has received, received some viral fame for his heartfelt post about what he was experiencing in real time last week in Duluth, chasing down a suspect in the dark of night, and he, he believed there to be a gun involved. He didn't know where it was, who had it. This is not remotely analogous to that. This is very similar to the Floyd case in this regard. Uh, Both in the Floyd case and in this Prude case, the officers appear not to know when enough is enough. And I don't want to hear any BS from anybody who wants to tell me, you don't know how tough the officers got it. We already know that. We've acknowledged it a million times. I think this country needs police departments. But with each of these episodes, the country is going to get closer to not having a police force. I don't know what it will be replaced by. Play the audio, as bad as it is. All right, here is the audio, and it is graphic, just so you are aware, GLers. Now give me the mayor. Give me the mayor. Give me the mayor. On my mama's blood, they flipping over in her grave. I mean that. Get the fuck up. Give me that gun. Are you on five? Give me that gun. Give me that gun, not me. All right, all right, all right. Take this shit off my face. No, you're gonna stay down. All right, all right, all right. Take this shit off my face. No, I got it. I mean, I'm already in it. Drag me, kill me. And Jesus came out of me. My mother was moving over like my ain't back. No gun. I need it. I need it. Get that shit off my face, man. I'm scared to come. Listen to me. I got shit in my Stop. Calm down. Stop. Calm down. Okay, I have an answer for what should have been done. All right. Get him warm. Where is the human compassion? This country cannot heal from this. And for good reason. Basic human compassion was needed. It's snowing. You've cuffed him. He has no clothes on. There are four of you minimally that I see in the video. There are four of you. And this clearly disturbed fellow is cold on the street without clothes on. Where in God's name is your 
compassion. Put a blanket around him, get him in the back of a squad car, and take him to a hospital. Am I asking too much for that to have happened? Isn't that what a GLer would do? Isn't that what many cops would have done? But not this time. It's horrific. And I do not know how the country is supposed to heal from these things. I just, I'm throwing up my hands. I don't have a clue how the country is supposed to heal from this. Black Americans are to heal from this. Not, no, all of us are to heal from this. It cannot be expected to be too much to expect of a police officer whose burdens are great that they must not lose their compassion. Again, this is not analogous to uh, the very strong words of the police sergeant in Duluth last week who said, I almost shot an unarmed black man and was so grateful that he did not. But it was happening in real time. The stress of the real time was incredible. The thoughts racing through his mind. This is not analogous to that. That was, that was good police work in Duluth. This isn't. Other than that, how's everybody doing? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a tough video to watch, just as you said. When you're a human being and you've been raised properly, you think... How, how can that happen to somebody? How, how, how can you not, and I'm talking on both sides, the victim and the police officer. How did not one person say that we shouldn't be, you know, step in? A medical examiner concluded that Prude's death was a homicide caused by complications of asphyxia in the setting of physical restraint. The report lists excited delirium and acute intoxication by PCP as contributing factors. So, so what are we going to hear? A defense that, well, you know, we, we, we've detained people before in PCP and they get as strong as elephants. They just become superhuman strong. Well, I, I saw the cuffs in the video. They looked like they were entirely capable of, of restraining the fellow who's clearly cold, naked, and wet. It's snowing. He's clearly disturbed. Your actions killed him. How is the nation supposed to heal? Trump can't heal this. Biden can't heal this. This isn't a, a matter of political healing. This is a matter of moral and ethical integrity that in, this, in these five minutes was absent. GLers are trying to keep the country a sane and reasonable place. But I don't know... <clears throat> What GLers are supposed to do about this? Well, it's completely indefensible. Of course it is. Yeah. Has there been a um, comment or a release from the police department on this? Not that I'm aware of. It's just breaking now. The story just breaking today. 
He was in Chicago and uh, he was from Chicago and just arrived in Rochester for a visit with his brother. He was kicked off the train before it got to Rochester in Depew due to his unruly behavior, according to an inter- uh, internal affairs investigators report. Rochester police officers took Prude into custody for a mental health evaluation around 7 p.m. on March 22nd for suicidal thoughts, about eight hours before the encounter that led to his death. But his brother said he was only at the hospital for a few hours, according to reports. Police responded again after Joe Prude called 911 about 3 a.m. to report that his brother had left the house. The city halted its investigation into Prude's death when State Attorney General Letitia James' office began its own investigation in April. Under New York law, deaths of unarmed police, uh, of deaths of unarmed people in police custody are often turned over to the attorney general's office rather than handled by local officials. James said Wednesday that investigation is continuing. And the coppers are defending putting the hood on him because he was spitting. Okay. Well, that You could have still have put the hood on him and got him into the back of a car and kept him warm and taken him to the hospital for a second time because <clears throat> apparently you had done so earlier. And now uh, the protesters are assembling in Rochester, New York. And how in God's name do you blame them? I don't even know how this is to be addressed politically. Trump can't solve it. Biden can't solve it. But unfortunately, what's going to happen, and we all know this, it's going to be spun to blame the opposition. And that's how it's going to that's how it's going to turn. Well, I think then the best way to address this from a GL perspective is the demand for police officers to have compassion. I'm not naive. I'm not suggesting that the fellow in Duluth racing in the darkness of night facing unknown terror uh, needed to have his compassion first and foremost uh, in his his thought system there. Now, he was in a fight-or-flight mode and doing what he had to do and gratefully and thankfully did not fire a weapon. This, these cases, the Floyd case in this case, totally different. You have time in these cases to remember that you are entrusted to be compassionate. What possible threat did this disturbed fellow present? Other than this very weak and convenient claim that... Uh, well, we had just started hearing about coronavirus on March. Uh, had we heard about coronavirus here in March? Oh yeah, because that's yeah, in March. Our, yeah. yes. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry, March. Yeah, it was, yeah, because I've been I've been gone. Station. Yeah, I've been gone since. Yeah, even as early as St. Patrick's Day, because a lot of St. Patrick's yeah. Day things were. So mm-hmm. I'm going to ask a question. I don't know the answer to it, but it's I think it's worth bringing up. Why was the video released now and not back in late March when this took place? Uh, well, I think the family decided to have the. They probably didn't know, and now they got their act together and said, "Wait a minute! This is the same thing that happened to, uh, you know, our relative." And then had the press conference. And it doesn't say, matter. It doesn't here, make the situation here, better or here. worse. State Attorney General Letitia James said Wednesday the investigation is continuing. I want everyone to understand 
that at no point in time did we feel that this was something that we wanted not to disclose, Rochester Mayor Lovely Warren said at a press briefing. We are precluded from getting involved in it until that agency has completed their investigation. Uh, Apparently, uh, we can conclude that the investigation had been... Well, the investigation had reached a point where the family could... uh, claim uh, their right to see the written reports in the body cam video and they did and now we are all going to see it I don't know what happened between March 23rd March 23rd and two days ago or yesterday but the family might have thought wait a minute here what the hell happened uh well, it says the body camera video was provided to Elliot Dolby Shields, a lawyer for the Prudes family, on August 20th through an open records request mm-hmm. and then released to the public Wednesday after he and relatives reviewed the footage. So that must have been their their motivation was looking at the video. Well, you know, the, the cynicism in us all could say the lawyer's looking for a giant payday, which he probably will accomplish. But uh, nevertheless... Uh, it's important for me to have seen that to keep life and garage logic in perspective. The nation is not going to heal when these events take place. I don't care how infrequent they are. I don't care how statistically insignificant they might be. The guy who died on the cold, snowy street was not insignificant. And there is a temptation, however misguided in this country, or in, in, in certain ideologies, there is the temptation to say, well, yeah, you had it coming. No, you don't get to play that game. You don't get to play that game with Jacob Blake, no matter what his criminal past was. Uh, and we still don't know much about Blake. I've not commented on Blake. You don't get to play that game with George Floyd, even though we had a, uh, a lengthy criminal past. There comes a time when fellows that have gone down that trajectory that lead them into the wrong place at the wrong time, like being on a street in Rochester, New York, naked at 3 in the morning, that trajectory will, just as often as not, lead them to an encounter with police. And I would suggest that more often than not, obviously, those encounters are handled peacefully. Is that a fair statement? Of course. We, otherwise, we'd be inundated with these types of situations. We're not inundated with them, but we have enough of them to enrage black Americans justifiably. It's also tough because the police officers, law enforcement officers, do not have a crystal ball to find out how the night is going to end. That's not not germane to what I'm talking about. That has nothing to do with this situation. But you're saying be be compassionate. Okay, so this guy is... uh, There's no right answer here. No, there is. There is, and I have the right answer. So just please bear with me. I have the right answer. There are no fewer than at least four police officers. This fellow is cuffed. No clothes on. Naked on a cold street. Don't tell me or expect me to wonder how the night was going to go. 
how this incident is going to end. If he's wild and, and crazy and he's spitting and he's doing that stuff, the officers really, they have to somehow gain control. I'm not saying it was right. Matt, they did gain control. They did gain control. At which point, why didn't it occur to them that it's 3 o'clock in the morning, this guy is clearly disturbed, he's cuffed, we have the spit hood over him. Let's get him into a warm car and immediately get him back to the hospital from which he apparently fled eight hours earlier. That's how the night should have ended. That's my answer. There is no other answer. That's the answer in this case. This was not a case of, of at 3 o'clock in the morning, those Rochester police officers chasing armed gunmen through the shadows of a neighborhood. That's not Agreed. what this was. That's not what this was. This was a, a, a call to them from their inner souls to have compassion. And that, that, that call apparently did not leave their inner soul. And I don't want to hear the BS about, well, he was wild and this and that. No, he wasn't. Look at the video. He was trying to be, but he was helpless. At that point, get them warm and get them back to a hospital. Get back in your cars and go back out and do the other dangerous things you have to do. Uh, I think I might have something. Mm -hmm. Your talk about compassion got me thinking about the thousand-yard stare that you'd see from Vietnam veterans. I saw it on Chauvin. Right. And I couldn't phrase my question or what I was thinking correctly, so I went to the Google and I just entered in lack of compassion with police officers, and the very first thing that popped up was this. Police officers face many crises and unique situations that can negatively impact their ability to cope and uphold their sense of compassion. Compassion fatigue may cause them to shut down mentally, physically, and emotionally, leading to apathy, cynicism, and social dysfunction. That pretty well sums up what I saw, Kenny, on the video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The copper in Duluth, who did not fire his gun, retained some, retained all of his ability to continue to think clearly. Retained all of it. Right. And he was in a harrowing situation. Yeah. Now, I know some people say, well, it's easy for you to say, you old white bastard. You have no idea what you're talking about. I will say what I said about the George Floyd video. What I saw cannot trump what I don't know. What I saw in Rochester cannot trump what I don't know. No, what you don't, you mean the other way around. What you don't know can't trump what you saw. I'm sorry. Yeah. What I don't know sorry. cannot trump what I saw. There you go. Sorry. Thank God you're around to straighten me out. <laughs> I got a good fart joke for later, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> well. Positive Thursday. Oh, you got to call them as you see them, boys. No, it's, it's not easy. You got to call them as you see them. Say, can I tell you something exciting? Because Labor Day is around the corner. What's that? New burger at Grundhoffer's. Really? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, ready? The Philly patty. 
red and green peppers, onions, Swiss cheese, oh. all mixed together in a one-third pound beef patty. Throw all those on a hoagie bun with some au jus. Yeah. Normal business hours all weekend at Grunhofer's in Hugo, right on Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo. Normal business hours all weekend, and Grunhofer's will be open on Labor Day for your last-minute grilling and entertaining needs. This is fantastic news for those uh, tardy among us that haven't laid in the grilling supplies yet for a long Labor Day weekend. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo will be open normal hours, Saturday, Sunday, and they're even open on Labor Day. They'll take care of you with the, the oh, best, no, no, best products no, in the world. No. Yes, yes. We have him working on Labor Day? That's, that's, uh, that's He's the not going to talk to us. That's the gr- it's not. We didn't force him to open. He's not going to talk to us. Next time I go in there, I'm going to get the uh, ricey snub. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's just been the greatest, greatest place and the greatest discovery by GLers for yes. all of their cooking needs. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat on Highway 61, right at the north end of Hugo. Whether you're looking for build-ready land for a large distribution center or a needed expansion of your operation, Sioux Falls is open for business. I'm Dean Diesick from the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. Pay a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. No matter what size your project is, you'll find that Sioux Falls has just what business owners want and need. We have build-ready land in available, affordable space, and in Sioux Falls, you'll find talented people ready to go to work for you. In Sioux Falls, you pay no corporate or personal state income tax, see a significantly lower cost of doing business, and your business won't be tied up, locked down, or hung up in red tape. Sioux Falls is currently working with international companies and regional expansions on great locations with logistical connections to air, rail, and two interstate highways. Join them, expand or relocate your company to Sioux Falls and discover relief from excessive restrictions and costs. It all starts with a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Sioux. Just like the fair. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Zuzure. That's John and Dylan Height providing live bumper music. Thank you, boys. How festive Woo! would the State Fair have been today? Uh, well, yeah, not with that story boy. that Joe started. But no, right, saying, right. Yeah. That, uh, but at the fair, we would not have done that story. Correct. Correct. Uh, you know, speaking of the fair, we, uh, we encountered at the fair many, many strange and wonderful human beings. <laughs> no one stranger than Morgan Q.E. Wolf Slattery. Oh. Let's call her. Just... Just to sure? remind ourselves of her state fair presence. Really? Yeah, let's do it. What right. the for real? Yes, weird. for real. What if she's busy? Same weird. weird. Turtles. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't think she knows. I don't know if she knows that we're calling either. Oh, isn't that violate FCC rules? Now we're not on the radio anymore, bro. <laughs> oh, oh, is she in the country? <laughs> Welcome to Euphoria. Morgan Cuey Wolf Flattery speaking. <laughs> wow. Hello? Thank you, Morgan. It. It's me, Joe. Joe Biden? Sushere. <laughs> oh. Not so lucky, Morgan. You're not so lucky there. I'm a little disappointed, but hello. Hi, Morgan. We we uh, 
we're of course not broadcasting at the state fair, but uh, our, our thinking back over the years at the fair has uh, caused me to realize that you would occasionally make an appearance there, and you would you even had a helmet on occasionally, and uh, we just wanted to touch base and say hello and wonder what your life's been up to. Well, Joe, I will tell you that things have changed in Euphoria quite a bit. Mm-hmm. As you know, I started a helmet store. It was called Helmart, right. and that that's faded a little. I mean, people are still interested in helmets, but mostly it's masks. So I've started Morgan's Mask Emporium, right. and our theme is, like it or not, we've got you covered. Hey, that's right. Uh, are your masks uh, special in any way, Morgan QE Wolf Slattery? Well, I've also started a rescue of, of poor animals, mostly dogs, and I've been taking the cones of shame from the poor dogs who have been sterilized against their will and mm-hmm. placing them on servers in restaurants. <laughs> placing them what? <laughs> on on the servers in the restaurants so that they're covered and they're completely safe and no one can get COVID. Uh-huh. Uh, are you well, uh, Morgan, uh, physically, I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm well. I mean, in Euphoria here, we're still staying true to our core values. Mm-hmm. You know, we are not responsible for our actions. Right. And we don't really know what we're for, but we do know what we're against. <laughs> <laughs> the other things that have changed in Euphoria, you know, AOC pretty much has the issues facing our Mother the Earth under control with the Green New Deal. Right. And there's... There's less busyness with no school sports because they're not unfairly keeping score. So I've had to change the things that I'm doing. Yeah, and and that that has included uh, mask the mask emporium and and what are your and the dog rescue and uh, what what is your source of income, Morgan? I don't think we ever got to the bottom of that. How do you support yourself with the mask sales? Well, um, no, I'm not really supported. <laughs> well, how do you how do you purchase food, for example? I mean, what is your well, source of income? I, I have great friends. I've been hobnobbing with with Joe and Carmelo Car, 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 the that hair woman. Kamala. Joe. Kamala. Oh, yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. And I was supposed to have drinks and ice cream with Nancy. But she's laying low while we shame that salon owner, that awful salon owner that her. we get we get grants. I mean, I I basically live on grants and, and still live the healthy lifestyle and mm-hmm. I've got some prisoners renting rooms from me because, you know, they were in danger of getting COVID. Right. And so the Freedom Fund busted them out and they're all at my house. Oh Morgan. Uh, and oh, you're no you're, you're comfortable with that, Morgan. Judge here in Euphoria, Joe. Mm-hmm. Have you wow. made any uh, visits to the surrounding towns, uh, Diversityville, Liberal Lakes? Well, no, but I will tell you that that I need to go pack at some point because I'm looking forward to a relaxing vacation in Portland next week. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Wait, what? Are what? you aware wait, wait. of what's been taking place in Portland? Well, I know that all of my friends are there, and they've been having a lot of gatherings, and I, I, that's basically all I know, but I've been invited. I'm very much looking forward to it. How are you going to get there? I'm taking the train. Okay. I was oh, just train. wondering if that... Oh, boy. Uh, flying would, it be, uh, would be contrary to your, your environmental 
uh, outlook, wouldn't it? Correct. We we don't fly in euphoria. Mm-hmm. Well, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> Morgan, Morgan, do you miss uh, do you miss the state fair? I do miss the sweet corn stand and all the uh, strange things that happened there. I used to really enjoy watching the people with butter dripping down their chin and wondering how long they were going to live after they ate all that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't miss feeling sorry for the cattle being milked right. and abused. I don't. I don't really miss. They were. They were never abused, Morgan. If we had a. If Doris Mold brought us a. Today's state fear animal. You, I can assure you, they were treated splendidly. Well, we don't know that, do we, Joe? <laughs> well, I, 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 I do. I, I, I do know that. We had a beautiful. Uh, we had a beautiful uh, cow last year. Guernsey. Uh, uh, Guernsey. Yeah, I hugged it, Morgan. How about that? I hugged it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the laughter of affectation isn't it yeah yeah well morgan okay, well, it's been great talking to you guys i have to go work on our platform it's an mpv program make perpetrators victims and we're working really hard so you folks take care oh thank you morgan thank you for your time thank you for in all right thank, thank- you Euphorian? Yeah. Morgan just gave us the brush on. She, was, she, she had, had enough of us. She ditched she? us. Wasn't that a common theme of the old Monday Night Sports Talk where the callers would hang up on you? Oh, the callers yeah. controlled the show. Yeah. That's right. Joe, Morgan, Morgan Q. E. Wolf Slattery. I found Good to hear her voice. In the cupboard, one of the um, uh, hard hats that she left yeah. for you at the State Fair. Here, mm-hmm. look just, at me. I'm going to tweet Mayor that Joe. out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tweet that out. Looking good. Yeah. There you go. It's looking mighty fine. <laughs> Looks like a beanie on your jacket. She now has Morgan's Mask Emporium. Yeah. So I love when you said this is Joe, and she says Biden. Right. <laughs> How often is she contacted by the former vice president and presidential candidate? Oh man, alive! Say we missed something yesterday. Uh, it was on September second. This is from uh, James Rathke on September second. In 1901, Vice President Theodore Roosevelt offered the advice, speak softly and carry a big stick in a speech Ah, at the Minnesota State Fair. That's right. That's where he uttered those famous words. That was on September 2nd, 1901. Teddy visited the uh, State Fairgrounds and said, speak softly, carry a big stick. See how the uh, State Fair still continued to be in the news even back then. They were relevant marketers. <laughs> and you guys, you'll remember this. Uh, uh, Jordy notes, get set for a full corn moon. And he linked me to a story about NASA's top tips for sky watchers. And apparently we're going to have a great big full corn moon coming. And Jordy notes, I wonder what the corn woman thinks of this. You guys remember corn woman? Oh, I corn woman. Yeah. She was funky too. Yeah. I wonder what ever happened to corn woman. She was uh, from Iowa, right? No, southwestern Minnesota, western Minnesota. She was as daffy as Morgan Q.E. Wolf Slatter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were two peas in a pod, I think. That's, uh... Corn uh, was legit. She had that... The uh, stuff made out of corn or hemp, and she had corn bracelets and necklaces. Yeah. And she had that funky song. I am not reading this cornball crap. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Close enough. Yep. 
What about Morgan going out to Portland? Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's where all her friends are. She thinks they're having gatherings. Yes, like they're singing Kumbaya. Yeah. (laughs) Well, good luck to her. No idea what she's walking into. Poor gal. (laughs) Reavers, here's a positive Thursday note from your friend Christy Nome in South Dakota. Yes. Uh, Tim sent me this. While other states are tearing down statues, South Dakota Governor Christy Nome has purpor- proposed four new statues for the state capitol rotunda. Each statue would be larger than life and cost about one hundred and thirty grand each. There would be no cost to taxpayers, however, as the statues would be entirely paid for by private donations. Who will the new statues commemorate? George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, and Theodore Roosevelt. Wow. I think those are the four faces, of Mount course, Rushmore. on Mount Rushmore. Wow. Good for her. Yeah. She's a, she's a positive gal on Positive Thursday, isn't she? Here, here. Please move here and run this It's not going to happen, Reavers. I've been telling you forever. It's not going to happen. I know. Uh, fellas, I just hate to tell you this, but I've just got just nothing but bad news, man. Just start, That's starting most off unfortunate. With, Let's see what height has to offer. Let's oh, let's. Uh, I'm going to get a glass of water, and okay. when we return, we're going to go to the John Height newsroom. But first, okay. I want to tell you about the Chill Boys. Chill Boys brand. That's uh, bamboo right now. They, bamboo. They are the official underwear of the Garage Logic crew. Bamboo. The, the the blue or the black, Rook. Black. Oh, those are those are sweet. I've got their performance on today. The the green with the uh, the breathable room. You know where it where it counts. I got gotcha. you. Okay, you want to see I it? Got, no, you're yeah, good. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. No. You can, no. uh, chillboys.com. Place your order. All orders that are over forty dollars, by the way, ship fast and free in the entire United States. A great line of both underwear, performance T-shirts, sunglasses. Yes, yes, Kenny. Barb Woth, the uh, uh, mom of uh, Ta- uh, Scott. Excuse me. Gave her son some chill boys for his birthday nice. last week. The bamboo boxers. He said he couldn't feel better. Awesome. That is so great to hear. It was Barb you said, Kenny? Thank you, Barb. Yeah. I appreciate yep. that. Yeah. Barb. She's yep. made the switch. You should make the switch, too. Please, when you place your order, by the way, let them know that you heard about it right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Brah! Here it is, Positive Thursday already, and that means one thing. Mr. Mike Schoonover is on the line, the hands-on third-generation owner of Schoonover Body Works and Glass, located on County E and Lexington in Shoreview, and of course the sole sponsor of Positive Thursday. So I was in the neighborhood this morning. I stopped in, and uh, Mike, it looks like you guys are pretty busy. Yeah, Kenny. Hey, happy Positive Thursday to you. Yeah. Um, Hey, no, yeah, things are uh, things are going well. We uh, we had a we had our best month in five months uh, this last month. So I don't know. Maybe we're uh, maybe, maybe all of our GLers who are coming to visit us are uh, pulling us out of this this mess we're in. It, it does seem like there's more and more people out and about. I mean, I, I'm looking at a jam on a freeway right now where normally we don't have one. But I've been wondering: Is it bodywork and glass, or is it mechanical stuff? What what kind of stuff is coming into the shop? Boy, it's it's all of the above. But but uh, the, you know, our our main business is the is the is the bodywork, and it appears as though that we're seeing more of it. Uh, but we're also seeing more cars getting totaled out, which means you know fewer people oh. on the roads means uh, a lot of people yeah. are driving faster or driving yeah. angry. Uh, yeah. 
So, uh, but it's it's everything's going, moving in the right direction. So, which just leads me to believe people are people are out and they're active. Yeah, don't drive angry. Drive like a champion, uh, please. And that body work you guys do is guaranteed for as long as the owner has that car in their position, uh, possession. Body work, glass, general repair, oil, tires, you guys do it all. You've been at it for 80 years, and that's why Schoonover is always rated as one of the top shops in town. Thank you, GLers, for choosing SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Rook, what you got over there, bro? Well, you know, a lot of people right now, uh, it's been a wonderful summer. They've been in and out, the dogs and cats in and out, and now it's time for fall. You're going to be going to shut up all the windows. It's going to be winter soon enough. Why don't you get the carpets that you have in your home cleaned right now with someone that you can trust? MyTrustedCarpetCleaners.com. Fall cleaning, they're taking the schedule right now. Go online to MyTrustedCarpetCleaners.com. Click on the Book Online button to schedule your cleaning. You can do it in lifetime. You can find out what the schedule is. You can see what the prices are online. It's no surprises, and you can trust these guys. They are complete GLers, Tim and Carla Ross. They're veterans of the uh, Minnesota State Fair with Garage Logic. So much so that Carla is an actual runner-up fireworks queen too. Morgan QE Wolf Slattery. We should have asked Morgan about that. However, they will take great care of you. State-of-the-art equipment, MyTrustedCarpetCleaners.com. They specialize in problem cleaning such as pet odors, spills. They have a special process that actually removes the odor. doesn't just mask the smell. If you need your carpets clean, go to MyTrustedCarpetCleaners.com. They're a garage logic business. We appreciate them uh, advertising on this podcast. And I'd appreciate it if you went online to MyTrustedCarpetCleaners.com to get your carpets and upholstery cleaned today. Here's Johnny Height in the newsroom. Why, thank you, Joe. Uh, this news, by the way, brought to you by Fred Lowe's Hardware and Garden Store. You Visual. missed Kenny breathing hard. Right. Oh, wait. Kenny had his mic muted. That was, that was Joe. Kenny was very turned think. on by the, my trusted carpet cleaners.com spot. Yes, he was. Joe, we had a lot of this. Oh, God. During that spot for you. That's all right. You know, a vehicle crashed into a Red Wing restaurant Wednesday night, causing a portion of that building to collapse. According to the Red Wing Police Department, about 10 o'clock, officers responded to a call about removing something unwanted on 21st Street when they saw a vehicle speeding northbound. By the time officers turned around and headed northbound on Plum Street, after the vehicle, it continued through the intersection and hit Liberty's Restaurant at a high rate of speed, causing the building's evacuation. Luckily, no injuries were reported. The driver of the suspect vehicle was arrested, taken to the Goodhue County Adult Detention Center. Red Cross is currently assisting with the displaced building tenants. There are folks living upstairs from the restaurant. The incident remains under investigation. Suits, you ever hit up uh, Liberties for some good old French toast? <laughs> nope. Maybe a club sandwich in Red Wing? Nope. <laughs> why, why have I always let that term high rate of speed bother me? They were traveling at a high rate. Somewhat irrational of me to be bothered by that, but it bothers me. I don't know what I would. Is it distinct from speeding? Speeding would work for me. Speeding was hit by a speeding vehicle. Would you like some parameters? Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, maybe eighty miles an hour or something like that. Does that does that bother you more or less than when I say I borrowed something to Rook? (laughs) Less. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Or to who am I talking to? Yeah. 
Health partners have started clinical trials for a vaccine that could be used to combat coronavirus. Dr. Zeke McKinney is one of the doctors involved in the testing program at Health Partners, which is teaming up with Oxford University and a pharmaceutical company in the two-year study. McKinney said we'll be working with 1,500 people who have contracted COVID-19 here in Minnesota. Two-thirds will get the actual vaccine that's being tested. One-third will get a placebo. McKinney said it is a two-year study, but if the testing for a vaccine is a success much earlier than the two-year limit, then it would be presented to the federal government for approval. McKinney said if, say, in three or six months we have tremendous success, we would then look to get FDA approval, but the testing would still go on until the two years were up. McKinney said the vaccine testing will be done with mostly high-risk patients who've contracted COVID-19. Hey, uh, Johnny. Um, yes, Chris. <clears throat> do you have the news from St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter? I don't. What What do you got? Oh, okay. Uh, Joe, are you ready? Is this just breaking? Yep. Okay. Frederick Mamello, he works for your paper, correct? Yes, yeah. St. Paul Pioneer Press. Uh, uh, Mayor Carter is speaking currently, uh, or maybe just wrap things up, and the following. St. Paul, Paul Mayor Melvin Carter says crime is on the rise nationally due to desperation. A guaranteed income pilot project will give $500 per month to 150 low-income families for 18 months starting this fall. Mm-hmm. Really? I, I was aware of that program. Yeah. Okay. Is that different than the college bound St. Paul program? Is that Yeah, it's different. It's a different deal. Oh, it's a different deal. We we did this one in the news a while ago, Chris. Don't you remember? No, I guess I don't. About a month ago or so. I'm sorry. When he first became part of the governor's group. Yeah. (laughs) Brock Pierce, formerly from Minnesota, has announced his candidacy for the presidency. Uh, You might remember Brock. About 30 years ago, he was a child actor appearing in the first two Mighty Ducks movies filmed here in Minnesota. He's now a businessman, having made a fortune in the Bitcoin or cryptocurrency field. He spoke about his bid for the presidency, uh, presidency yesterday, saying, In my business career, my childhood acting didn't play a huge role in it, but in running for the president, it's brought up constantly. Uh, Many of the Mighty Ducks scenes were filmed in the New Hope Ice Arena. He's a St. Louis Park native. He's running as an independent and uh, actually is already on the ballot in 15 different states. Does that help you out, uh, the Mighty Ducks? Does that give you a point of reference, Joe? No, No? I didn't see it. It's a hockey movie. I don't don't recall who this fellow is. One of us, uh, by the way, starred in uh, that as an extra when it was filmed in my hometown Uh-oh. of Faribault. Oh, really? I bet it was yep. you. There's no. me in the upper right corner. I've got the red hat on the blob. <laughs> you, can, you can see the very top of my head, and I paused and showed the boys. Look, look, that's me. <laughs> that's me. I'm a movie star. <laughs> a bunch of rooms that showed up. <laughs> Former White House Counselor Kellyanne Conway said in an interview released Wednesday there could be a hidden block of voters that'll back President Trump on November 3rd, but they won't tell anybody about it, potentially taking poll watchers off guard. Conway called those people undercover Trump voters in an interview with Showtime's The Circus. Uh, She coined that term back in 2016 for the first time. She said, as the person who coined the term, hidden undercover Trump voter in 2016, there seem to be even more of them now, and they're even more committed. She said they'll surprise you as to who they are this time, because if you've seen the polls, 62 percent Republicans or Trump supporters are afraid to even express themselves they'll express themselves at the ballot box. Let me tell you something. Uh, November yes. 3rd is going to be chaotic, and, and for this reason. Uh-huh. the uh, 
even if all of the mail-in balloting is, is on the up and up, and statistically, I would imagine it will be, even if it is, the problem is different states have different timelines. In other words, uh, you have to have it postmarked by a certain date in Minnesota and backed by a certain date in Minnesota, while Ohio could be completely different or Georgia completely different. So there's, there's where the chaos is going to result. There will be no final results because so all states have different timelines for the release and reception of the mail-in ballots. There was a good piece by, on that in the, in the Wall Street Journal today, and that's, that's going to be the problem. You won't have any results because it, each state will be different, so it'll take a while. It's going to take a while. Speaking of voters, uh, voting, I mean, voters in North Carolina could face felony charges if they vote twice, as President Donald Trump said yesterday they perhaps should do. I think he was joking, don't you? I hope. No. <laughs> no? Yeah, okay. he was joking. Well, Come he on. said to do it as a test. Well, that well, doesn't get you off the hook for fraud. Maybe he listens well, to Royce. Yeah. Well, speaking to supporters in Wilmington, North Carolina, the president suggested that voters should cast mail-in ballots and then also vote at their local precincts. He said, so send it in early and then go and vote. Uh, in a statement released on Thursday, North Carolina Board of Elections Executive Director Karen Bell warned voters not to follow the president's instructions. Officials in uh, Michigan had the uh, same information on that. National Rifle Association's former second-in-command is breaking with the group's orthodoxy and calling for universal background checks and so-called red flag laws in a new book assailing the organization as more focused on money and internal intrigue than the Second Amendment. The former executive, Joshua L. Powell, was fired by the NRA in January, reinforces the kind of criticism made by the organization by gun control groups and state regulators, he describes the NRA's longtime chief executive, Wayne LaPierre, as a woefully inept manager, but a skilled lobbyist with a deft touch at directing President Trump to support the group's objectives. Candyland announced on Wednesday it's closing its Minneapolis location. No! Oh, no. Yeah. I didn't know they had one. I knew they had one in St. Paul. Paul. Yeah, That one will stay open, actually. Uh, the business said its 8th Street location in Minneapolis will close Friday after 37 years. Candyland will keep locations in St. Paul, 7th Street in Minneapolis, and in Stillwater. How are some Californians trying to deal with the wildfires? By buying fire trucks. Hmm. NPR reports that a Sacramento company called Vans from Japan is cashing in on the demand by buying up trucks from Japan and making money selling them in California. You can do that? Craigslist. You can buy a fire Apparently, truck? I can get you a fire truck. I can get you a truck. I can just sign, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't get one. Uh, beyond the imported <laughs> truck. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Chris. That's all right. Beyond the, I deserve it. Beyond the imported trucks, other mm. offerings on the site right now include a 2013 Peterbilt water truck that can carry 2,500 gallons of water to a fire and meets all California fire specs. That seller in Pacifica is looking for 69 grand for that truck. At a more reasonable price, a Type 6 fire truck in Napa, 17.5, fitted with a hail pump and 200 feet of hardline hose with a nozzle. Uh, one seller is actually hoping to get 15000 for a 53-year-old Ford 150 fire truck. Oh, cool. He's, he confesses he was told the pump needed some seals, but said with the lightning complex fires going on, you could probably use it to put out some fires. Over the last few years, as wildfires have become more common, there's also been a rise in a small but growing number, uh, number of wealthy residents who are hiring private firefighting crews to 
watch over their houses. Wow, you know what? That uh, the Volks, the Volks have got. Usually, the crew will put oh. redo a uh, fire truck. Yeah, How each crew the, has their own truck. Yeah, they could zoom out there, get paid well, putting yeah. out fires. I mean, you know, you might. Lose a couple to partying, but you know, at least you'll you're right. put a dent in those fires. Right. Oh, it we works. lost them. Oh, no, the fire. No. It works. The king of fire. Right there. Boom. Where's Ray? <laughs> a Ridgefield man uh, has pleaded guilty, apparently, if I'm reading this story correctly, uh, to making a false bomb threat at the Mall of America, basically to get rid of his wife. Oh. According, wow. According you can do that? Joe, add that one to the old loose leaf folder. Done that. (laughs) Tempted. According according to the according to the U.S. Attorney's Office, 62-year-old Vincent Connie entered his plea in U.S. U.S. District Court. Uh, Documents say in 2018 he wrote a letter falsely accusing his wife of being part of a plot to bomb Mall of America. God. (laughs) Using a Using a fake name, he then sent the letter to the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Service in retaliation against his wife, who was in the naturalization process at the time. The attorney's office said in the letter, Connie claimed he was riding a bus, and he overheard two women talking about a plot to blow up the MOA. He further claimed that one of the women dropped her Social Security card and her permanent resident card, and he enclosed it with his letter. Oh, no. And a copy of his wife's real permanent resident card. The guy's at least being creative, okay? The guy gave it a good shot. It's not like a prank call and he hangs up. He did some research. Yes, he did, Rook. He ended the letter by urging the government to halt this terrorist threat by deporting his wife. Yeah. The sentencing date will be set at a later time. Where was she from? Philippines. I knew it! Oh, damn it. I knew someone was doing it. <laughs> My name's John Bansley. Yeah. <laughs> Images of a woman fondling a tiger's testicles at a zoo in Chiang Mao, Thailand, sure. have sparked social media backlash and reaffirmed concerns among animal welfare groups about the mistreatment of big cats in captivity. Well, did the is cat that, think he was right, being mistreated? Is that mistreatment? Right. He, well, he did. The, the problem is the cat is, they're saying, drugged, so he otherwise oh. he's, of course, taken the woman's face off. The tourist, who Vice News has chosen not to name, was widely criticized after posting a photo of herself clutching the cat's testicles at Tiger Kingdom in May Rim last week. Will you go to a place, Joe, that has a kingdom in it, like nope. Tiger Kingdom or Steak <laughs> <Nope>. Kingdom? <laughs> that's that's right in there with, you know, ranch. Come and, into the palace. Yeah. Rib City. Rib City. John, was there a candle going and a little Marvin Gaye on the old stereo system? <laughs> the image was posted in an animal lover's Facebook group, according to the Bangkok Herald, prompting fierce backlash from locals who accused the women of humiliating the tiger and the zoo of animal abuse. Two staff members were allegedly punished over the incident with the tiger keepers claiming in their own defense they had told the woman the rules at risk before letting her into the tiger cage. Uh, the tiger appears completely unfazed in the images, and uh, that's the concern to animal rights groups who say these zoos are drugging the animals so that they don't do anything. John, might we, uh, might we return to the uh, voting uh, question for a moment? Sure. <clears throat> I got an email from Eric Hubbard who writes... Reaching out to bring to the to bring attention to what is happening to voting in rural Minnesota. I live in rural St. Louis County, and in the last couple of days, 
I received two mailings from the government bodies that oversee the law in my area. My township, Brevator, took a vote and decided to shut down our polling place and go 100% mail-in voting. So now I cannot go down the road to the fire station, community center, wait in a small line, nod to a neighbor or two, get a paper ballot, go in a booth and vote. Now every registered voter in my township is going to get sent a mail-in ballot. A couple of other things that bother me, a couple of things that bother me about this. First, I have moved from the suburbs of the Twin Cities to my 40-acre compound for three years now, and I weekly get AARP mailings and such addressed to the past residents. How many of these ballots are going to not reach their intended recipients? Second, how are they confirming the identity of voters filling out the ballots that are being sent back to them? Lastly, my wife, who is registered but never takes the time to vote, looked at her mailing and the first thing she said was, well, it looks like I'm voting this year. That's fine, but I like the old way where you had to put in a little effort. You do still have the option to vote in person, but you have to do it at the St. Louis County Courthouse in downtown Duluth, which is 45 minutes away from me. Uh, I just so happened to be in Duluth yesterday and drove by the courthouse. There was nothing but signs in front telling me that it was closed to the public, so I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to vote in person at that facility. Probably have to call a number and set up an appointment to get escorted in during business hours. I might be thinking too much into this, but it doesn't seem right. Is this legal? Does Minnesota not have a law regarding have a polling place within a reasonable distance for a home or at least in your township? Uh, I have no answer to that. P.S. On a lighter note, I need a ruling on the cylinder index. I recently purchased a pontoon boat with a 25-horsepower Evinrude two-stroke. We are using the pontoon on property I recently purchased with two other couples. It has a small 40-acre lake on the property, and we are going to share the cost of the pontoon boat between all three couples. How many cylinders can I claim on this? I possess the title, but theoretically there are six owners. Can I claim two cylinders, or do I have to divide the two cylinders by three or six per person? I have no idea. That's too confusing. That's too confusing. B. 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 Uh, I have one for the School of the Criminally Incompetent Joe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gumption County ra- School for the uh, Criminally uh, Incompetent. Okay. Mm-hmm. After a man mm-hmm. ran off with a tip jar at an eastern Pennsylvania pizza shop, oh. investigators didn't have to do a lot of legwork to track him down. 22-year-old Nicholas Mark, just moments before he ran off with it, had applied for a job, leaving his name, go. his address, sure. and phone mm-hmm. number, according yep. to authorities. A worker at Pizza de Oro in North Catasauqua told authorities Mark came to the shop to apply, but at one point grabbed the tip jar and ran outside. The worker said he set off in pursuit, but backed off when the suspect produced a knife. He then ran into the woods near the parking lot with the jar, which authorities say contained $220. His backpack was was found containing multiple items bearing his name, as well as items associated with drugs in the restaurant, and since he had applied for a job, the staff had his name and address. He was arraigned in Northampton County, charges of robbery, theft, possession of a weapon, simple assault, and possession of drug paraphernalia. You know, that that reminds me, John, a couple of years back when we were still on the radio, you were doing a very serious story, and you ended it with by saying that the suspect was shot outside of the Topper's Pizza, in which Rook and I looked at each other and lost it, and we weren't Mm -hmm. exactly sure why. Yes. Got the old toppers. You're running over to toppers? Yep. <laughs> Topper up and give me all the toppers. I now on occasion still see a toppers pizza. All I can think of is that news. Story. I just want on grand. All I, all I think of, too. Load it up onto the topper. John. Saint, yeah. Go ahead, please. Okay. Joe, you ever had toppers? Nope. <laughs> I'm just swing by. It's right nope. up from the Lex. You can just take a right instead of a left. And, uh, You're right there. In St. Louis, uh, where they take their mask wearing and their guns very seriously, 
The man is charged with assault and armed criminal action for his role in a shooting over wearing a mask. Ooh. Oh, boy. Court documents say Jacques Quinn Perry, like Jacques Quinn, but spelled Jacques Quinn, entered the family dollar without a mask. Family Dollar employees told Perry a mask was required. An argument ensued. Perry and another person with him insulted the staff and threatened to shoot up the place. (laughs) Doing $17 (laughs) worth of damage. (laughs) (laughs) The victim went outside to see if Perry had left the area. Police say at that point, Perry pulled out a pistol and uh, started shooting at the victim. Oh, wow. Well, the victim... Pulled his gun and returned fire. Oh, boy. We got a drop. Perry. Police found Perry about three blocks away. He told police, uh, yes, he'd been shot, but it happened in a drive-by shooting. Surveillance footage from the store and the real-time crime center captured the events. John, that's a that's a fantastic newscast. I want you to stay tuned, though, because, John, you're going to be interested in what follows from the failed academy. All right. Uh, do you know, fellas, that what, what the temperature is in any given neighborhood the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the temperature is racist. Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know uh, that. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. The temperature is racist. Uh, before we go, though, I want to tell you that I was thinking about going leaf peeping in my new Fiat that I purchased from Schmel's Countryside. Oh, my God. Leaf well, leaf then peeping. I remembered. It comes to you. It comes to you. Yeah. I, I won't put those extra miles on. It comes to you. Leaf changing colors comes to you right outside your window. So I have to dream up another trip for me in my little Fiat 500 Or you could take the train with Morgan. Yeah. No leaf peeping. Schmel's Countryside of Maplewood, Schmel's Countryside, Volkswagen, uh, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat. Right now on all 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens, 0% interest for 72 months and a 120-day payment deferral. That even includes the new flagship for Volkswagen, the Atlas Crossport. Also 0% interest for up to 60 months on certified pre-owned vehicles. I was there last weekend. I enjoyed my experience. Here's what happened, by the way. I forgot to tell you. At about 3 o'clock, I made my decision. and I No, at about 2.30, I made my decision, and I called, uh, I called Ralph back, at Ralph Ludden, who I bought the car from, and I said, how soon can you have that Fiat uh, 500X ready? He said, just a minute. Give me, a, give me two minutes. I'll call you right back. And he called me back, and he said, can you be here at 3.30? I said, absolutely. And that's how, that's how it went down. So uh, it's a really, really pleasant place to do business. Go to the three websites, SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, and SchmelzFiat.com. Pick out what you want to test drive. They'll have it waiting for you, and uh, you will enjoy your experience at Schmelz Countryside. Give them a call. It's right at the southeast quadrant there of Highway 36 and 61 in Maplewood. Call Schmelz at 651-243-4316. Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Man, Labor Day weekend, boys. Time to stock up on Harmony Spirits. The tasting room, by the way, is going to be open on Monday from 12 to 5. So stop in for a cocktail and celebrate Labor Day with the fine folks at Harmony Spirits. And by the way, go to their Twitter account and register because they are giving away free booze for the rest of the year just by signing up to receive their weekly newsletter. When do I get to send out my picture? Oh, you can do it now. I can? You can do it now. Uh, Rook, you were uh, with your pushback sign on your patio yesterday after you had called into GL. And were you having the bourbon? What did you have Uh, there? Whiskey. Ooh. Yeah, the whiskey. Just a little bit, not a lot. What did you mix it with? 
My saliva. boy. HarmonySpirits.net is their website. You can check out the hours, the regular hours of that tasting room. But please do us a favor. Go to your local liquor store and ask for Harmony by name. That's how they're going to be able to spread the word about their fine handcrafted spirits made right there in Harmony, Minnesota. A professor at the University of Washington in Tacoma has found another example of what he says amounts to racism. Hot temperatures. In a recently released study, Christopher Schell and seven co-authors examined the correlation between rising temperatures in minority neighborhoods in inner cities. The authors uh, analyzed existing research to link racist practices, including racial segregation, to the observed heterogeneous patterns of flora and fauna observed by ecologists. Uh, The paper claimed that our contemporary right for civil rights in the wake of unjust murders and continued racial oppressions of black and indigenous communities stresses the need to interrogate and abolish systemic racism. Moreover, it claims that insidious white supremacist structures that perpetuate racism throughout society compromise both public and environmental health, solidifying the need to radically dismantle systems of racial and economic oppression. This is from the uh, site called Campus Reform. Uh, in a tweet from August 13th, Shell used the findings from his study to make a call to action to the scientific and global community alike to address, reconcile, and interrogate systemic racism, classism, sexism, indigenous rights, etc., because these forms of structural violence are devastating the natural word. You want, you want me to cut to the chase here? Cut to the chase here. Uh, not enough trees, uh, apparently, are planted in poor neighborhoods, and that, and that he argues that wealthy white neighborhoods have more trees, to which I just had one uh, basic thought. Kelsey alerted me to this. I had one basic thought. Oh, what's to prevent you from planting a tree? Well, and it's hard to plant a tree downtown Minneapolis when it's right. concrete and <laughs> wow. Right. The geographic distribution of urban heat islands and tree canopy cover is stratified by race. Multiple studies have repeatedly demonstrated that land surface temperatures are magnified for racially minoritized groups in many U.S. cities, with certain racial groups more vulnerable than others. So. Uh, he argues that he told KING-TV in Seattle, no trees means the reduced capacity to have a cooler environment. And that's exactly why it's hotter in some low-income neighborhoods where they have very few trees, very few vegetation to cool the environment. Uh, where the buildings are, where the impervious services were essentially that hard cover, the concrete, where the trees are, that's all influenced by policies to say where stuff is going to be, and those policies themselves are racist. Hmm. Uh, I, uh, well, uh, First of all, this is more proof of the academy being failed beyond reason. Uh, and, we don't know that. And two, uh, I'm unaware of there's any law preventing you from planting a tree. So if you believe that trees would help your neighborhood, why don't you just plant a tree? Boom. Boom. Done. It's done. Because nature keeps doing that as well. That's right. We ain't stop. Ain't going no. We ain't stopping that. Joe, on a recent podcast you read a quote from uh, someone in the walls administration suggesting that family gatherings have been an overlooked source <coughs> excuse me perfect health of the spread of covid fortunately the person didn't suggest government intervention into such gatherings not yet anyway last week my mother-in-law died the funeral was tuesday followed by a small 20 people gathering at a relative's house one of my sisters-in-law was standing off by herself and suddenly burst into tears. She said, all I want is for six months from now to get a big hug. This impressed upon me the incalculable variable in all of this, the lessening of what makes us human. For many months now, we have been deprived of the types of day-to-day interactions that set us apart from other species. Not only that, but our faces are now covered, nearly constantly removing facial recognition, a crucial part of human communication. 
I look around me and see every scene from every dystopian novel ever written. I know you're not a conspiracy theory guy, and Joe, and normally I'm not either. But I find it curious that we have on our hands a virus that is little more than a severe cold for people not already at risk. For that, we are reshaping society. We are taking a generation of kids already indoctrinated with God knows what in our public schools and adding to it dehumanization. No physical contact, no facial expressions, no hugs. We are acclimating them to fear, suspicion, and sameness. Mm -hmm. I believe we're already seeing the consequences of this experiment manifest in our streets. Americans are killing Americans over petty political disagreements, and even staunch GLers can barely muster more than a resigned sigh at this point. I would, for one, suggest that if given the choice of risking COVID or risking what makes us human, the choice is clear. We are unfortunately led by people who strongly disagree. Good luck, Tom Bonet. And I've read Tom's emails for years. He's a good thinker. But I'm gonna, I, I have to take him uh, to uh, issue with some of this. What do you uh, got? What? Well, what? first of all, uh, I, I'm, I'm more than willing to believe it is more than the common cold. Yeah, now, that was the one line I thought, too, should uh, be taken. I, I, I don't want to get this disease, and I respect it. I, I believe it's, obviously, I believe it's real. People have died. Uh, so I, I, I suspect, uh, you know, it, in fact, the older you get, it, it threatens to be more than a common cold. And two, uh, I can't get there yet. I can't get to the point where I believe what would be the end game to keep us separate, not touching each other, wearing masks, social distancing. Uh, what, 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 who gains what by that kind of control over the populace? Mail-in voting. What is to be, what is to be gained, though? What is to be gained? I don't know. I just threw that out there because you no, see it all the time on I know. Yeah, social media. But I know exactly what he means. I saw a guy uh, last, two weeks ago. Hadn't seen him in years. Michael O'Connell, former rector of the Basilica of St. Sure. Mary in Minneapolis. Yeah, good guy. And, and I have a family connection in the sense that he grew up across the street from my cousins in St. Paul. So I've known him for a long time. And I wanted to give him the old, you know, arm on the around the shoulder bit and say, how you doing? You know, and we ended up doing the fist bump because of the, because of the COVID. So I know what uh, Tom's referring to here. We have lessened our, our physical... Uh, touch with each other but he made a great point though in the fact that i'm really worried what this is doing to young kids because i got two little ones and i know it's changing them and i'm really worried about that i'm a hugger i'm sorry to interrupt no that was it i'm a hugger and i am up in arms because i have to remind myself to distance and i'm a hey how you doing throw my arms around just like you said with the father o'connell you know or mike it would just it's it's really frustrating i wonder what the impact will be on crime with so many kids not in school. Oh, are I, you aware? Yeah. Are you aware that a group of teenagers is accused of going on a violent crime spree in South Minneapolis neighborhood where they allegedly committed several robberies and stole a car in broad daylight? Surveillance videos show a group of six pile out of a car with their hoods up and masks on, ready to commit their fourth robbery of the morning. Chad Stamps says they robbed his wife at her gift store, uh, 14 Hill, near East 48th Street and Chicago Avenue in broad uh, broad daylight Tuesday. They pushed her down, then they opened up the cash register and took the cash and ran, said Stamps. When Stamps' wife saw her opportunity, she ran next door to the dog wash business, but the suspects followed her, assaulting the employee inside. The thieves made off not only with all the cash she had on hand and her purse, but her car as well. 
Minneapolis police say the brazen criminals were only 14 and 15 years old and on a crime spree around the Lake Nokomis area. Ah, uh, on their uh, way to a wonderful life, well, huh? Well, how, how much of this is going to be exacerbated by the schools remaining closed? I told you, I said, these, these larger school districts here in the metro, they're the ones that can least afford to have these kids on the street multiple days a week. Sometimes school would have been the only structure for some of those kids. Yep, right. Uh, it's it's unlikely if you're committing a crime spree in broad daylight on a weekday afternoon that you're uh, adhering to the disciplines of online study. It just, uh, <laughs> yeah. just doesn't seem likely to me that you're pounding the computer. Yeah. So the absence a lot of, of schools. Yeah. A lot of these crimes we've been seeing around Minneapolis are from teenagers. Rookie, hmm. uh, you're close to someone that teaches in the inner city. Uh, what was your uh, figure you threw out about attendance, online attendance last year? Uh, it was well, extremely low. It was, I would say, probably about maybe 30% of the students that she was involved with were consistently there. There's a couple kids that, of course, they're doing well and, you know, they're they're rocking it out of the park. And, you know, all that stuff is checked out online. You have to check in, you have to check out. But there's some parents that just don't care enough to say all right lisa all right timmy yep. you got to be there from you know nine to three or whatever and and get your homework done and the problem is the dip is going to be oh yeah uh, there's going to be a a, a a a gauge where there's going to be a big gaping hole in education because the kids didn't get their right fix do we know how long the st paul school district for example uh, will continue with distance learning uh, that has not been made known to But it me. is, that is the norm right now. The no St. Paul public schools are open, is that correct? Uh, yes. All right. The private schools are. Yeah, they're, uh, she's been in meetings and they are going to be doing the online learning. They're not going back into the schools and that is going to be, it's a tragedy for any school, but especially the inner city schools, where I know we joked about them being fed, but I've <laughs> I've seen a little different picture where these kids need their food and they Hell get it yes. from school. Uh, they need their education. They need that social time, and then they need to learn how to just be regular kids. The kid's got a better chance in school to be straightened out than he does running around with his 14-year-old pals robbing women. 100%. Why don't we get our sportsman, Patrick Royce? Sounds good, bro. Segway. All right. Missed it. Pat! Just surgery. What the hell's going on, Benny? <laughs> what? Labor Day weekend coming up. We're going to party. What's he talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he swallowed too much pool water. Yeah, he did. The pool, uh, a, little, a little cool for the pool today. Say, we lost two great living Americans this week John Thompson and Tom Seaver. Uh, well, I wouldn't go that far for Seaver. Uh, he was certainly a great pitcher. He was yeah. a fantastic pitcher. Six all-time Here we go. Uh, on the strikeout list. One spot. Are we okay? One spot uh, yep. behind the line of it, actually. Yep. But uh, when he was with the Mighty Whiteys, uh, at the end of his career, I had the occasion to be 
around his locker for the old group interview about three, four times. Yep. Might have been the most condescending athlete I've ever been around oh, in my life. Tom he Terrific. Was, uh, he was Tom Terrific. I, I think, you know, he was in New York. He was used to sparring with the, you know, with 50 people, and he had a bunch of us uh, Midwesterners with horse poop on our shoes, and I don't think he thought much of us. Yeah. I think he, I think he was kind of looking down his nose. He, he was one guy you could not ask him an intelligent question. Oh, yeah, kind of like Mike Marshall that way. Yeah, yeah, he was him. But Marshall was affably nuts. Right. Uh, Seaver, Seaver was mean. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but I hate to see, you know, I watched the Glenn Campbell uh, documentary on uh, his uh, Alzheimer's. Uh, right. From 14, but I hadn't seen it before. Mm-hmm. And then, then you find out Seaver had dementia at the end, and basically didn't go out in public the last two years. And mm-hmm. You feel sorry for everyone involved in that situation. He had become a vintner. He was. He had his own winery. Yeah, he was pompous enough to do that. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> not feeling too sorry, but sorry enough, huh? Yeah, right. Wow. You know, I'm not like Dick Young when Thurman Munson died in the plane crash. He wrote that Thurman Munson was a jerk, and now he was a dead jerk. Oh, yeah, you know, in New York. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't write that. Hell, I threw a bouquet at work today. You what? We had yeah. a problem. We had our problems back in the day. Hey, Joe, you were there the night he gave the one-armed salute, right? Who? Bert. Fly 11. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 1976. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and uh, everybody thinks he gave it to the fans because they were booing him. Mm-hmm. He, he was giving it to Calvin, but Calvin wasn't up in his booth. He didn't know that Calvin was in Orlando. Yeah. But uh, that's, it was, that was intended for Calvin. That wasn't intended for the fans that night. Yeah. That was the night you referred to. Um, Here we go. Yep. You referred to two guys as being fat and who were willing to gratis, gratify people of their own sex, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's a, that long word, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Calvin yeah. was one and I was the other one. Mm-hmm. Where are you right now? I am waiting outside. The wife and I are killing some time, uh, and she just went into Tuesday morning, which is going out of business, which is good for me. But yep. uh, anyway, she just went in there. I'm out in the, I'm out in the front lot here. So. All, right. All right. How about the restaurants going down the tubes, man? Yep. Yep. Butcher and the Boar. And, uh, Butcher and the Boar. Surly's. And uh, it's uh, not, uh, we're going to pretty soon, a big night out is going to be Culver's. Yep. <laughs> hey, let's go. What do we want? Uh, pork pot roast sandwich or the, uh, barbecue, the, uh, or the spicy chicken fingers? That's going to be our uh, anniversary dinner, honey. Pretty soon, Pat, you're going to be forced to eat at places like Rib City with the, with right, the mayor. Right. <laughs> Steak-a-rama. <laughs> Pat, the, uh, the ball club has righted itself, however briefly, but that's a good yes, sign. Yes, they, uh, they speak going on on Tuesday and then yesterday. Joe, did you watch much of yesterday's game? Yeah. Watching the White Sox last night had to make you nostalgic for watching your youth play t-ball. That's right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> When the guy was running the 
ended up running him back to third and throwing the ball past him. I said, I just watched this. It was a Woodbury nine-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> they gave up 18 in the first. Yeah. They got the rare off day today, and then I think a doubleheader tomorrow. Yes. Uh, the, the game that got protested out in Detroit is being made up here. Uh, on uh, starting at one ten on Friday, they got two. They play the they play the feisty Tigers five times. Right now, they are zero and three against them. Last year, they were fifteen and four against them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, they could uh, certainly uh, top the defeat total. I don't know. A couple of guys went off limping, Kepler and uh, Rise. So I, we, we won't know till tomorrow whether those guys are okay or not. But Donaldson looked okay coming back. Uh, Pineda looked okay Tuesday. I thought he threw the ball good. As Gardy said, the ball was really coming out of his hand. You know, and, yep. uh, yeah, that's and how it works. Which is a damn good place for it to come out. That's right. Gardy <laughs> <laughs> used to always say it's really coming out of his hand. Gardy, yep. uh-huh. where the hell else is it going to come out of my <laughs> It would be it would be unsanitary. I think Bert would have a the ball come out of a different place from you, Pat. I think Bert right. would be back in no, back Bert then. No, Bert, I patched it up. We're oh, okay. Bert, it only took fifty years, but we're okay. <laughs> Is the tour championship start tomorrow in golf? Uh, no, they're yeah Friday through Sunday, Monday. They're right. on Liberty. That's right. Thirty. You know what? That thirty. Uh, that thirty thing's kind of fun. That uh, that on Sunday, that guy had to make the six foot putt to be thirtieth, or and you get you get in all the majors, you get in uh, the tournament of champions now because they want more players out in Hawaii. Uh, you you get all these exemptions into all these tournaments if you finish in the top thirty, and if you finish thirty first, good luck, pal. It was nice knowing you. Yep. Say so we should also. What are your, uh, you, you, are you going to be on a body of water this weekend uh, celebrating Labor Day? What are you going to do? I think not. Uh, I have no uh, no water plans. I'm, I, 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 I could invite myself someplace, I guess. I might do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a little right. breezy out here today to be on the water. I'll oh, yeah. Guys, you should also mention uh, the uh, third uh, garage logician that we lost, the great living American. Dr. John Nigerian was a big oh, fan yeah. of oh, garage yeah. logic and sports talk. Yeah. Oh, what a great guy he was. Yeah. He was uh, I, I went and looked up a, about an 80 inch piece I did on him in 2006 when the Gophers went out to play uh, Cal. And of course, he was a member of the 1949 Cal Bears Rose Bowl team. And he you know, was six foot four. And 245, uh, 255 pounds, he was the second biggest man in the Pacific Coast Conference. Wow. <laughs> I, I always thought the same thing that you alluded to in your piece about John. How did he perform such delicate, yeah. intricate <laughs> surgeries with those giant mitts of his? Yeah, I asked him that, and he, he made the gesture, you know, like you're pushing uh, glass aside on the table, you know. And you just, yeah. Kind of do it with three open fingers. Mm-hmm. And he reached over and he said, "It's great if, if like stomach or colon or something's in the way or an organ, you just kind of push it out of the side. Get a <laughs> yeah. perfect look at everything you're looking for." Yeah, you know? I guess so. That's the spleen. Uh, get that out of the way. There, we got it. We're going for the liver. <laughs> Doctor Pat. It had to be a. It had to be a wild household though with those kids growing oh, up. Pete and Joe boy. and. Yeah. yeah. 
And I, I've had occasion to call his house three, four times on for different things. And his wife would, uh, Mignette, M I G N E T T E, I never. And you were her best friend. You know, mm-hmm. she'd seen me twice in her life. God, she was a great gal, and she rose. She uh, raised all those reprobates, but nothing beat him being the ringside physician at the wrestling matches at the Civic Center. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> ringside physician, Dr. John Machurian, and he'd be there with his four boys who love yeah. to watch the wrestling, you know. Greatest transplant doctor in history, and he's at a wrestling match being the ringside <laughs> physician. I exchanged, uh, I exchanged texts with his great son, Pete, the other day, and I said, uh, uh, Dr. John was a beauty, and, uh, and I said, I lost my brother Michael uh, last week, and he was a beauty, too. The only difference is Dr. John was an innovative and remarkable transplant surgeon, and Michael was an innovative and remarkable gin rummy player, right? The only difference. The only difference. Love that. Dr. John saved lives, and Michael received death threats for his gin rummy and pool playing. All right, Pat, have a nice Labor Day. Oh, yeah, it'll be good. I hope it gets warm enough to throw those kids into your cement pond. Yes, uh, let's, and then let's close her down. Once again, I forgot to call and get my closer down date pushed yeah. way up early, so I'm probably in the end of All right. So, uh, all, right. all right. Very yes. good. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> You know, he always liked going for the spleen. The spleen was his favorite as he pushed that right out of the way. <laughs> Opening a glass door. Why were you so late in calling your uh, pool guy to get it closed up? Uh, DA and I were at Tuesday morning uh, buying a lampshade. <laughs> he yep. said, they're going out of business, which is great it's good for, for me. <laughs> she went in Tuesday morning and came out Thursday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are we going to talk to Eric Mishy, who's uh, spinning counterclockwise down the river? Did we ever, uh, did we ever get hooked up with him? Yeah, I exchanged, his... I exchanged emails with him, and we're going to have him on shortly. Yes, uh, following this uh, brief timeout. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here All right, then. Hey, say so. Hang on, there we go. Now it's fine. I got her now. Okay. It's campaigns. Okay, that didn't work too well, did it? Take two on that one. Okay, let's take it. We're doing this not only for the listeners to Garage Logic, but for posterity, right? Correct. It's campaign season, and here come the negative ads. The biggest negative ad is the one coming from your insurance company. Talk about negative. Captive insurance agencies increase your premium every six months. The Canopy Group is an independent insurance agency. We only offer 12-month policies, not six-month policies that can increase premiums twice a year. At the Canopy Group, we promise to give clients the best coverage for the best price year after year. Our annual review guarantees it. We have 16 companies and 30 professionals. So as your needs change, we'll make sure to conduct a thorough review of your home and auto insurance with all 16 companies. We'll do the shopping for you. When you receive that next insurance premium in the mail, remember you deserve options. Vote for the Canopy Group. To vote for the Canopy Group and to get a quote on your home and auto insurance, call 800-967-3000. 
3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. That's good pontoon cruise music, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It is. That's from the Yacht Channel. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that uh, Dylan? Yeah. That's Dylan. That's fantastic. Are we going to talk to Skipper uh, Skipper Mishy? He's on the line, bro. Eric, where are you? I am in uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin. Actually, La Crosse, La Crosse Pettibone um, Boat Club. Because uh, this morning I was supposed to leave for Lansing, and there were thirty-five to forty-five mile an hour wind gusts. And, right. Um, and I didn't want to go to Kansas. So no. I decided that uh, better part of valor. So I, I have parked here and have done some more repairs to my raft, and I will uh, set adrift tomorrow morning and uh, begin my journey down to Lansing, Iowa. Eric Mishi, of course, is the founder of Spare Key, which provides financial assistance to families who need help with medical expenses. And he's undertaking, uh, what, about two-month float down the Mississippi all the way to New Orleans? 1,700 miles, two months. 10 states, all the way down to uh, the, the, the plan stop is first Baton Rouge to file paperwork to make spare key uh, legal to serve families in all 50 states, and then uh, I'm going to end my stop uh, in New Orleans. Uh, uh, puzzle me this. Uh, two things. How are people to donate? To go to the spare key website? You go to hopeontheriver.com. Hopeontheriver.com. Okay, hopeontheriver.com. Here's the important question. How yeah. much? How much realistically have you figured you might raise? You know, I don't know. I mean, I I think what I'd like to raise, Joe, by the time I'm done. Yep. I I I'd like to raise, you know, <laughs> quarter of a million dollars. That's what I was thinking. Two hundred and fifty grand. Uh, is there a way we can raise two hundred and fifty grand? to pay you not to do this trip. <laughs> He'll take it. <laughs> I would I would take it tomorrow. I um, af- after my experience on Lake Pepin on Saturday, 6 hours on Lake Pepin with a raft that looked like a bobber in the ocean. Yep. And uh, it was it was crazy. I am. I'm looking at you guys. I'm talking to you, and I'm pointing to you. We're doing a live stream on this thing. So I just, um, uh, Eric, I just told Rookie that very yeah. thing because I pulled up your website and I could see you talking to us. There we are. So I'm now waving to you. So um, Saturday was pretty rough. You know, I found out that uh, the, the small leak that I had in my right pontoon tube was a bigger leak. So I'm now carrying with me a pump. That uh, when I when I dock is I literally get out and I stick a tube in the pontoon tube and and uh, pump the water out. Uh, again, uh, <laughs> I'm right. trying to figure out right. a way to, out, to raise the money to prevent, to persuade you to abandon the journey. You're spinning down the river counterclockwise on a ding ding pontoon boat with a Menards garden shed bolted to the front of it. How do we? How, how do you even see? If you have to go back and use the motor, how can you see the sheds at the bow of this ding-ding thing? Well, no, I, you know, it's uh, actually, uh, so I have a console right here, and it's got a steering wheel. So I make you able to kind of control that. So, oh, okay, so, okay. I, so I thought you had to the, hand-hold the motor. No, God, no. If that was the case, I, <laughs> I'd be in the worst trouble that I'm already in. Yeah, um, yeah. 
So what I do is uh, I've got a 10-horsepower kicker motor. i got a 60-horsepower, 32-year-old Nissan. Um, and I use the Nissan to get me through the locks and dams. Yep. I use the, ki- the kicker to get me back in the channel when I drift out of it. Yeah. Um, and I use both of them to get the hell out of the way of the barges when they're coming right at me. And, right. Um, I will tell you, in all of my years in government politics, I, 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 was, I, I have been scared more times since I started this on Thursday to today than 30 years in government politics. Um, this is a, a uh, trial by fire. This is about, a, for somebody like me who possesses absolutely no navigational or mariner skills, um, every time I turn the motor on, I'm convinced there's something else that's about to come get me. Um, <laughs> well, that and the fact that so far you've been about averaging about, uh, I don't know what, two miles a day? <laughs> <laughs> a little more than that. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm 15 <laughs> to 20 miles. And, yeah. and uh, you know, yesterday I got stuck uh, at Lock and Dam number six for three and a half hours because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I will tell you, you know, these guys that run these locks and dams, Joe, they are magnificent people. They're just, they're good people. They're kind. They're generous. They're helpful. I mean, they see me coming and they just shake their heads and they yep. go, who is, who is this rube? Um, <laughs> it's, you know, um, you know, they chat with you. They're very kind. They want to be helpful, you know, and, and, and it makes this journey a lot less stressful when you've got a lot of good people out there that are, are trying to lend you a hand. So, right. um, you know, for me, yesterday was, I started out the day, it was stunningly beautiful. You know, we've got cameras up here and in the front and on the side, so I can actually turn the cameras on in front and people can see what I'm seeing. Um, and, the, and the view from the river, obviously, is a much different view than from the highway. Right. Um, and so it's a joy for me to be able to, to share that with people and, and to continue to do this trip and and, um, you know, a friend of mine gave me a St. Christopher medal, which hanging on the front of the garden shed here. And believe me, I look at that every time a toe comes by. Oh, God, help me. Uh, honest <laughs> to God, I got to figure out a way to raise money to get you off the river. Uh, it, people go to hope, hopeontheriver.com. Hopeontheriver.com. There's a donate button there. Uh, you know, one thing I would tell you is that, you know, it costs me anywhere from 30 to 50 bucks to pop every time I got to pull over and, and use a, a slip or something like that if somebody right. wants to cover that cost they can do that that'd be great um but hope on the river.com make a donation there you can follow us and you and, and you can watch me doing this well we'll be in touch with you weekly sir all right joe thanks much take care good luck thank eric you. thank you bye-bye bye uh we're talking ding ding here <laughs> um i don't want to tell him but his fly was down which, which is maybe the appeal to this, but I can tell you this: he's a straight shooter. Uh, yes. He's not going to skim any money. This is he's 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 a dedicated guy. Spare key has been his guy. baby for a long time, and yeah. he uh, it's really grassroots. It's not just hey, give me some corporate money. It's he works hard at it, and he's a really good uh, representative. Hope on the river.
Com. Here's what I love about that interview, by the way. Um, well, number one, he's on the river in La Crosse and had a better cell phone reception than Royce did. Wow. And That's number right. two, That's you right. already had a massive amount of concern about him on this mission before he revealed, yeah, I thought I had a small leak, but now it's a large leak that I have to pump water out of. <laughs> and he keeps saying pontoon tube. Uh, he doesn't need the word tube. A pontoon is the pontoon. He's got a hole in a pontoon. Oh, no. Which is a really bad thing on that a pontoon That doesn't work. Boat. Yeah, that's a bad combo. I mean, he's going to have to dry haul it somewhere and weld a patch on there. Oh, yeah, he's got those skills, sure. What can he do, go home? Yeah, uh, Kenny had to, yeah, had he had to, to depart. Yeah, he had to dip out. Why don't we come back with a well-deserved scramble? Okay, sounds good, bro. All right, all right. Finally. Thank God today is Friday. Thursday. 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 It's party time, bro. It's the scramble. It is, and it's brought to us by our friends at Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, the official refueling station of Garage Logic, with two locations. In South Minneapolis at Hiawatha and 42nd. That's the home of Reavers and Kenny Olson. And, of course, on Highway 61 and 4th Street in downtown White Bear Lake. And please take advantage of their delivery service. $5.99 if you live inside of the 694-494 loop. You will have that stuff at your front door or place of business within an hour. They're great dudes, and they are so happy to be part of the GL Podcast family. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail Hail you. you. Joe, I listened to yesterday's podcast, meaning September 3rd, on my drive into work this morning. Yes, I actually get to go to a physical office again. And I heard the segment on the D.C. mayor's attempt to tear down or recontextualize monuments to our founding fathers and others of historical significance. I, of course, was saddened, but also bemused. Bemused because one would think she would start with the name of her own city, Washington. We can't abide living in a city named after this great oppressor, George Washington. Henceforth, the name Washington will be removed, and this city will be known only as the District of Columbia. Well, wait a minute. Columbia comes from Columbus. That'll never do. No one ever told me being a mayor was so hard. Possibly new inoffensive name for the district formerly known as Columbia, Diversityville. You better trademark it now, Joe. Keep pushing back. Scott Johnson from Illinois. Not the power line blog guy, but I used to practice law in Minneapolis and would occasionally get his mail. Scott Johnson, Illinois. Wow. Yeah, Washington. How can she work in the city of Washington? Diversityville. I don't want to go there because, uh, you know, you know, one of the first names that the uh, Mysterians will wipe out is St. Paul. Oh, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then. This has mm-hmm. been a positive Thursday. We tried. Mm-hmm. We tried. Believe me, yeah. I withheld some stuff today uh, that would have brought us too far down. You know, I think for the Memorial Day weekend, you should just kick back. Uh, I'll run some best of tomorrow. I want you to uh, decompress. And what's a good way to decompress? To have some fun in the outdoors. What what one thing or two hmm. things could you do that could possibly make you have fun outdoors? Ride my scooter. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Where do you get a good R- scooter? Ride my Bentelli e-bike. Okay. EcoFun Motorsports, downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. Um, I, I'm, I tell you, I have just become an avid user of a scooter for all my urban tr- urban transportation needs even now that i have a car if the weather's gorgeous like it appears to be right now and i've got errands or i want to drive someplace to take a walk i take the scooter 
I've been taking it all summer. Mm-hmm. They have them at uh, EcoFun. They have a full line of Yamaha motorcycles. They have youth recreational equipment. They have the great Bintelli e-bikes. Kayla Bloom is an expert. You will not leave there with the wrong e-bike. She'll make sure of that. They have helmets, apparel, and a great service department. Uh, GLers love it because GLers go up and down that Highway 61, and they, they go to Schmelz, and they go to... Uh, Grandhoffers and they go to EcoFun. Elevated. Just, they Fred go to Elevated. Elevated. They go to Fred uh, It's just been fantastic. I didn't. Is Pod MN located on Highway 61? No, they're uh, located upstairs. Well, it can That's be because right. uh, we're on the right at the old station. We were right on 61, so that kind of there you go ties her in there, kind of. Yeah. Well, that's EcoFun Motorsports, our <laughs> friends in Forest Lake, right on Highway 61. Oh, yeah. All right, uh, Labor Day weekend coming up. Huh? Oh, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, Double header for the Twins tomorrow. Uh, today's the rare off day. They'll be playing then for a long stretch of time. I'm into baseball, I have to admit. I'm glad it came back. Yes, yeah. I, I am too. I, we... I'm having a hard time getting interested in hockey and basketball. I just. I you just know what's can't amazing? The first NFL game is a week from tonight. Isn't that something? Is it really? Yes. Wow. Do we know where and who? Uh, it'll be uh, Kansas City. And they're hosting, I believe it's Houston. I wonder if there'll be fans. They Well, John, help me, because they had announced they, they were going to, but now I think they changed. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't believe there is in Kansas City, right? Yeah. I can't remember. But I know at first they had announced that they were going to have fans at, what, 20% capacity? 25%. Yeah, or whatever can. it was. But I think it's now they're so, not going to. It is, it, it, literally, that's the game that will be changed the most. With a minimal amount of fans because yeah. of the roaring crowd mm-hmm. uh, for that home team, it's it's going to be really bizarre. What if they what if they crank up the fake volume? That'll really oh, sound cruddy, like they did at the dome back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, did read something this morning. NBC has given the NFL a whole batch of crowd noise that they've gotten over the years. I don't know how they're going to use it. So they're just going to have the guy sitting at the. Uh, the next gen, you know, hitting the buttons, ready to, yeah. oh, it's the first and third down. We need the defense. Okay, hit the defense button. Wow. Well, I said, I think I brought this up a couple weeks ago. That I think it was the Phillies uh, guy or gal hit the wrong button. They gave up a home run, and he played the, yeah! Oh, whoops. <laughs> Fire whoops. him. Whoops. Fired the wrong button there, right. Fred. <laughs> done that, been there, done that. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> okay, GLers, have a great uh, great Labor Day weekend. But first, at Joe, I'd like to mention Sioux yes. Falls, South Dakota. It's the right size community with the right business climate at the right time to grow your business. Get relief from excessive restrictions and costs. Expand or relocate your business to Sioux Falls. It all starts with a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Brasky? I got pod MN. I got pod MN on your smartphone, and I'm really close to this uh, camera. Yes, I so see So my that. head really fills it out. <laughs> yes. uh, pod MN on your smartphone. Farmer bleeping fat PodMN.com <laughs> on your computer. And I tell you what, pod MN is growing. And you can find a whole, uh, just a, a library of podcasts that have to do with Minnesota. And they are quality podcasts. Fret Club, uh, Roycey, uh, Table Talk with Rookie's Family, Garage Logic. Anything you want to check out, go to PodMN or PodMN.com on your computer. Uh, 16000 at Kansas City, though. Thanks, Let Johnny. It. Just so you know. Thanks, John. Rook, huh. yes. Going to make her tonight, bro? No. <laughs> one thirty. I'm coming home. <laughs> <laughs> I really am a big talker. I wait till 2. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right.